Hello and welcome to Fantasy Talk Show, a place where heroes come to tell their stories. This episode is part two of our three-part Fenrain Adventurers series and features Takoa, a sea kith or fish folk from the land of Fenrain. We talk about his tragic past with his sister, the dark entity that hides beneath his exterior, and the hope he's striving to bring to the future of his world. So without further ado, Takoa. Takoa, welcome to Fantasy Talk Show. It's good to have you on. Oh, thank thank you very much. It's 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 very nice. I I, I like the uh, I like the aesthetics you've got here. Oh, thank you. I would like to start by just asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself and the world you come from. Well, I suppose um, the first thing to talk about is that I, I'm not a human. I am a seeketh. Could you uh, please explain to me what what that is? Maybe what you what you look like. Uh, oh well, well, I look rather handsome. I think myself. I keep my scales trimmed and everything. But I am a um, what you would call a, um, I guess, a fish person. If you want to know something, I, I guess I've seen in a book somewhere certain kinds of fish out there would be like a humanoid version of a uh, lionfish. I am a red version of that. I've got the red scales and I've got some fins kind of near my ears. It's going to look kind of like ears in a way and kind of the mouthy kind of frown thing kind of going there. We don't always frown, but you know. No, it's just it's, it's just part of things and uh, i'm also uh from a military family and in the oceans we're part of the um one of the calvaries that we have down there with the um, seahorses i guess is what you would call them uh the mounts and whatnot hmm, nice but yeah yeah that was my that was my career but uh, i'm i'm on land now uh for obvious reasons uh to me maybe not to your listeners but we'll get into that eventually is there anything else that you wanted to know oh i mean oh, just about the, land, the place that i'm at yeah yeah then rains the, the place. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's a great land that is, um, I guess, what you would consider medieval fantasy in a sense. Kind of apocalyptic in a sense because there's undead around. Oh, my. That's a, that's a problem. But unlike the modern stories that, I, that I've been told about, we, we're all work together. So all the living work together. We're all in this together. It's not one of these things where, oh, I'm going to. Oh, you're getting attacked, so I'm going to wait and let you get attacked, and then I'm going to come in and clean up and take over your land. We don't do that. We, we don't we – all, we all work together. Granted, some people have got their own thoughts on things, I'm sure, but, you know, for the most part, the common folk work together. We all protect each other, and we all get along, and we make sure that we keep the dead in the ground when we have to deal with them. Okay. Before we get into kind of the undead aspect of a thing, it may, you made it sound like you spent at least your early part, your military life, underwater. Was that an uh, an underwater compound, or can you live underwater or above water, I guess? I'm used to living only on the land. Do you have a life under the <laughs> sea? Yes, yes. Uh, I don't sing about it, but yes, uh, we do have a life under the sea, and uh, we can live on both. We we work a lot of our a lot of the people in um, in the sea kith uh, culture. We work on barges and on ships and things of that nature because we're just natural seamen. You know, we're able to take care of those things, and if there's a, ever an issue or whatnot. We can help the land people, you know, the, the Kanara and the humans and, and all the other races that can't go under the water. If something catastrophic were to happen, we can help keep them afloat and help them in that case. We're also really good with the ships because we know how the buoyancy and all that stuff works. But, yeah, I was predominantly underwater. A lot of the things that with our culture, you know, we're underwater. But we have cave systems that you go into and they're, land, you know, they're dry and then you can actually do normal things like you would on, on land, I suppose. But yeah, a lot of us will travel uh, on the barges and then be at the coastal cities and uh, meet up and do fishing and all the stuff that we're naturally gifted at. It helps out. Interesting. Yeah. So you said that uh, now you're spending most of your time on land. on land. Yes, unfortunately. 
what is it about the sea that you miss after spending so much time on land? And is it something that you are looking forward to revisiting in sometime in the uh, short or far future? Well, I, uh, to be fair, that's um, kind of a loaded question. I mean, I I really like the sea. That's that's where I feel the most at home. I, I miss the currents. I miss being under the water. I miss miss being able to swim wherever I want to swim instead of having to like find some beast of burden to pop on and ride somewhere. It's it's just more freeing to be in the ocean, uh, being able to do what you want and then, you know, go on land when you want to and then come back down and sleep in your own, you know, kelp bed or things of that nature. Um, I want to go back, but there's a problem. I can't go back. I was going to say, you seem to be talking about it in absolutes of wish. Uh, what's preventing you from going back home into the into the water, into the ocean? Well, okay. So I guess your listeners need a little bit of a, a, a refresher course or, or an enlightenment course on things. Um, I'm cursed by a necromancer. Oh, well, that's something. But don't worry. Don't worry. I'm, I'm not going to tear up the stage. Everything's fine. He's, 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 he's under control. But yeah, um, it's not a great thing. It does have its perks, but one of the downsides... Okay, so with the undead, they don't like running water. It's kind of a problem. And it's a necromantic curse, so... Yes. Like a legit... I have an undead thing inside of me. Ooh. It's not pretty. It's not a good thing. Because of that, I can't go back into the water. I can, I can, I can go into a bath. I can go into a shallow stream. I can do things like that. But the more I stay underwater, the then I feel like I'm going to suffocate, which is a really weird feeling for a sea kiss. Yeah. Wow. So it's like you're you're in air. You're you're here on the land, and then like you're just hanging out on this green patch of grass. And if you hand it sing on that green patch of grass, you start not being able to breathe, even though there's air all around you. It's very disturbing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I, I literally cannot go home until I deal with this curse thing. So is this curse mm-hmm. kind of the event that set you on uh, an adventurer's path or were you on that path? I mean, a military family sounds like you had your fair share of adventures and such before that. Yeah. But was this the event or I guess what event kind of put you on this adventurer's path? Well. That would be actually what um, what got me on this path in particular, this 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 current, so to speak. We talk about currents a lot, uh, both with our religion and and with just naturally. It makes more sense to me that way. So I apologize if I'm going to start talking in that kind of metaphor. Oh, I embrace it. Please do. Okay, so we were on a military campaign. My sister and I were in the same regiment, and we were called to help defend against a necromancer. You know, undead surgeons. Obviously, we don't have to worry about them under the water because the death don't, dead won't, don't want to be there. But we tried to help everyone else out. It was a coastal city or a coastal town. So we tried to, to help them out. Unfortunately, my sister and I got cursed by the necromancer and she didn't fare so well. Um, she died. And um, give me a second. I'm sorry to hear that. It's, it's, it's all right. Thea, I, I miss her. But yeah, um, at that point, you know, I'm I'm cursed and she's cursed and she's dead and thing made her out from inside and it just was. It's one thing to bury a dead. It's it's one thing. I mean, military. We know we sacrifice our lives so that everyone can be safe. That's 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 one thing. But it's entirely a different thing when it's a magical bio weapon type thing where it basically makes you tainted so that nobody wants to even give you burial rites. So I took it upon myself to finish the burial rites for my for my sister. Um, 
and to finish that off. And then that really set it to my point that I need to do something about this because this can't happen to anyone else. So I got with my family and, and they put out the word trying to find out where I could get help. And the, the word came back that Gilder was probably the best place to go to see if you could find something because they, they got lots of connections in Gilder, you know, with the, the paladins and, and everything going on there with the, with the towers and whatnot. So if anybody would know how to break a curse or, you know, put you in the right direction, those would be the ones that could, that could help out. And I got on a barge and headed to Gilder. That's how my story started. And now it's been going. I'm sorry to hear about the darkness and the dark path, but I got to give you some big credit to, Using this as an opportunity to tackle a larger problem for the greater good, I think that's very virtuous of you. I, I appreciate Thank that you. people like you are out there. You said you're you're headed to Gilder. Mm-hmm. What's your next step at Gilder? You've already been there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would assume that's that's where yes. we're you know that's <laughs> what, what we're talking about. Are you going about it alone? Did you decide to take on a party? Are you well? Well, okay. So started out alone. You know, I mean, we don't. You always look for somebody you can be camaraderie with, and and it makes things easier in life. You know, you work together, two hands working together on something is a lot stronger than just one hand, right? Absolutely. Well, being on the barge, I I ran into some. There was a, a little group of Canara that were there, and Roberto, my friend, he I met him on the barge. It was a long journey, and we became fast friends. Uh, yeah, I kind of like sitting down and listening to him uh, play his shredder, his his lute. You know, because he's a bard. And he's magical, uh, you know, he's necromancer, actually, but don't really go broadcasting that. Really? Yeah, but he's, he's, he's a, the good kind. He's not the bad kind. He's the saint kind. Uh, the necromancers in our, in our society are obviously the bane of everyone, but there are some necromancers that um, are saints. They use their powers over death or the undead to put them back in the grave. Oh. Yes. And, um, and Roberto is uh, as part of that, I think he called it the conductor. Basically, he was in charge of seeing the dead on in his, his colony, but his colony got attacked and he ended up with like the remnants down south where I just happened to meet him. And through our love, mutual love of music and, you know, that soothes me, both the beast and me, you know, helped me get through things. And then we got to talking and just kind of realized that we could help each other. And he really wanted to help me. So I was like, okay. Well, let's let's do this then. Now, this is you know, and then he told me how he actually knew how the curse could get lifted. It's not an easy thing, but he told me give him some ideas we could do to to get the curse taken care of, and that's kind of where our story started when we hit landfall in in, in Gilder and and sort of kind of looking around to kind of get connections and kind of go from there. So there is hope for the removal of the curse. There is. It's uh, it's it's a hero's journey, if if you will, where either he could remove it, but. A necromancer has to undo what a necromancer did. Roberto doesn't have the knowledge how to do that at this point. Uh, it would kill me if he tried, Ooh. Which, which is not good. Don't do that. Um, the other thing we could do is, is is go kill the necromancer that started this mess, which I'm all for. That's one less necromancer we all have to worry about. And that saves a lot of people. Plus, it's a you know little revenge thing. In addition to this, people gravitate to us in, in odd ways. Um we came across a worder when we were helping out a gentleman with some of our acquisition needs. And she's very, very energetic. Um, her name is, uh, 
I think it's pronounced uh, Tuliana or Tulina, Tulina, whatever. She's 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 hyper. She talks too much. I, I can't uh, always follow what she's saying all the time. But she's got a big axe, and that axe is very good at doing things, which I really appreciated. One warrior to another. That's 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 a very efficient thing that we need to have on our on our journey. So we've been together for a while now doing some odds and end jobs, trying to make things meet while we find out more information about who actually cursed me. Because we don't really know. I mean, I have no if I saw him, but when you hear a name, it's... I'm starting to ramble now. Go ahead. But No, 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 no. Rambling is important. I think getting your story out there is all fine and good. So uh, you're out there adventuring with Roberto and Tulana. What are you guys currently up to? You said you're trying to figure out what necromancer did the curse is that Mm -hmm. the main focus right now or is there i guess the hero's journey is full of (laughs) side missions as it were right quests to get to quests uh what are you guys currently on well as as far as side quests go well we're working for branson at the moment he needed something delivered to another town so we said sure we'll take it there was rumors of a of a uh, necromancer in the area so we decided to head off that direction we're still not quite to our destination, but we're, we, we were going to go there and do our thing. And that's kind of what kind of spurred us on. We've done a couple of side things where we had to stay at the night at somebody's uh, village, you know, and, uh, they, and we, we work that way where, you know, if somebody comes into town, you offer them lodging and, you know, make sure that they're set up and stuff like that, because it's just the living thing to do. And by then, you know, if you can, you try to repay that kindness, you know, we, we, we do that and then we get back on the road and, and continue on to our location. Currently, we'd made it into town just before nightfall. Then the bells started ringing, alarming us that undead were approaching the fortified town. So it's not necessarily a great thing, but hey, chance to kill some undead. It's an opportunity to help. Exactly. exactly. And, and we, we can help. So why not? <laughs> With these undead, is the goal to slay them? Or is there any moving on for the undead? Or are they just corpses the necromancers raised to just be mindless and attack that's more of a roberto question i mean i am all for the slang part of things i try not to really focus on like the metaphysical or the the spiritual side of that particular thing i mean roberto goes on about it quite a while i'm sure he could spin a tale about that but as, as far as i know yes and no so you yes part of it is to help them move on but you can you can undo what's been done to them to keep them moving forward and then they they crumble and you can put them in rest and get rid of the undead part that really wants to like suck all the energy out of life and keep doing the undead thing but slaying is the most expedient way to handle such situations preferably with something that is silver because that undead crowd likes silver yeah i'm familiar with that if you don't mind me prying maybe a little bit i noticed that no by all means go ahead underneath your armor you've got some sort of tattered clothing i i'm used to seeing more mm-hmm. put together protective clothing underneath the armor and normally when you see mm-hmm. tattered clothing it comes yes. with a story sent a story some sentimentality to it do you mind sharing that with me um yeah i, I don't mind uh I, i'm not gonna take it off and show it to you but um no absolutely but uh, instead of the underpadding of the armor that I'm wearing, it's actually my sister's tablet that she wore. I keep her close. Reminds me what I'm fighting for and gives me hope in the dark times. It sounds like you and your sister were very close. Mm-hmm. And you've talked about probably the saddest story you have. Would you mind sharing a happier story, a happy time? Um. Well, Thea was my older sister. And... She really was a wonderful woman. She was everything that I aspired to be. 
she was always, you know, leading the charge on uh, whether it's academics or chores around the house or whatnot. Uh, she was always brave and helped me even when I was a younger Sikh to do some of the things that, you know, we do tradition-wise. Like, I'll explain one to you so that kind of makes sense what I'm rambling on about. Part of one of our superstitions was to catch a saber fin. There's a carnivorous fish moves deeper in the, in the ocean. Its teeth are kind of like curved in like fangs. And part of the, the ride of this, the, the superstition of kids, you know, when you're, when you come of an age of you're able to pull your weight more than, than you can as a child was, is to go and hunt and capture this saber fin. And you, get its fang. You're supposed to take the fangs and it's dangerous because they have like venom in the fangs because that's what it's basically like a sea snake in a sense. And so what you're supposed to do is to catch them and you have to use your speed and your strength and all your cunning in order to corral them and get them and then, you know, take the, the fang and then you can wear as a trophy. It's kind of more of a tribal thing in a sense. And she um, she showed me how to do that. I was watching her whenever she did it. And then she taught me later how to do it myself. And we shared that together, you know, the, the love of hunting and doing that kind of, you know, the, those kind of things together. It's something I'll always remember that she was always there for me in a very physical sense, always there to push me further. And, and we just, you know, it was, it was a good time. You know, she was such a bright person, never was one of those that would get yourself down in the muck and like, you know, get within herself she was always out to seek out somebody that needed help and to lift them up and encourage them because we're only as strong as our weakest links and so what part of being a leader is better than making sure that you reach down and you grab somebody and you help them up so she's always been part of that and i remember those little things i miss it you know yeah for sure I miss thank you being able to pass that on i appreciate you uh doing me the honor of sharing her legacy i, I truly appreciate that when your adventure is done, right? When you have uh, taken care of the necromancer, uh, you know, assuming assuming a positive future, you've taken down the, this necromancer, you're free of the curse, you're free to do what you want to do, go where you want to go. What, I guess, does settling down kind of look like for Tokoa? What does it look like to find rest and peace? Or I've had many people say there is no rest or peace. The future is adventure. What do you see for yourself? Hmm. That's a, that's a deep question. Well, for me, I would say that still venturing would be a, a thing that I would definitely do. I mean, I'm, I'm a military man at heart. The undead's not going to end in today. It's just not going to happen. It's, just, it's not something that's going to happen. We all know this. It's, it's a process. And it's something that I don't mind confronting. A lot of people don't want to confront it. It's scary. It's terrifying. But I know that I have the tools to do that. So I'm going to keep doing that. But eventually, at some point, I'm going to need to settle down. Because, I mean, we all get old. Our minds may be sharp, but our bodies get dull like blades. And eventually, you have to change it out for a younger blade. And let that younger blade cut through the paths. So, I think that I would... Don't know if your, your listeners are familiar with this, but uh, there's a um, part of Sikith culture. It's a pilgrimage, if you will. We follow the currents of life. And there's a thing that, that, that Sea Kith can do. I made this pilgrimage uh, along with some of my other friends. Uh, become a journeyman. You go to the floating town of List. It goes to different religious sites. And uh, it's, it's built by the Sea Kith. It floats from religious site to religious site. And it stops during the year at certain religious sites. And part of the pilgrimage you would do is you would go to that town. 
And then you would serve there as a journeyman and basically pilgrimage from, you know, the religious sites all year round. And then when you finish, you get a um, pendant and he kind of digs around in his undercoat there and like produces it. And it's a, um, a bronze circle inlaid with a detailed engraving surrounding an encrusted sapphire wave. It's this little about palm size thing that he shows you. And um, you, you're taking the most of them take the, the pilgrimage of the, the current of the unseen to do this kind of thing. Um, and this is what you get in reward, like a physical reminder of what you've gone through and what you've seen and observed in these religious sites. I think that what I would like to do is um, retire there and at least then be able to foster in the new journeymen, you know, that come through, not necessarily on the religious side of things, but just to kind of help them understand the world better because, you know, you go to make these pilgrimages to understand more about yourself, more about your culture, and then more about the world. And it's invaluable to part that information on to, to new, to other people. Cause without that, then, well, everything that we're fighting for is, is, is for nothing. So you would say your end goal is to be the whetstone uh, that helps sharpen the younger blades moving forward. Oh, I like that. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Because that's what keeps our cultures and our and the lives of everyone bright is moving that forward. Because that's what we're here for. Until everything is done, I don't, I personally don't feel worthy to carry this because of what I have in me. Until I'm made whole again, I don't feel that I can. I mean, I can't go in a current. I can't be a seeketh. I can't be what I was born to be. <laughs> but that's, yeah, that's something that uh, I will pick it back up again one day. Yeah. If you don't mind, I have some viewer questions to some oh. people that were curious about uh, you. Okay. And some of your, your way of life. AJ from Discord wants to know, on the seas, what was the most fantastic thing you ever came across? Most fantastic thing I ever came across? On the seas, specifically. Well, I would say this is, is definitely pretty fantastic. Um, just the, the marvel of how it is. But uh, I mean, like naturally, naturally, I would think that, uh, oh, there was this, I remember, okay. So with the, with the regiment, we, we often, you know, go traveling tours of duty and whatnot. That kind of thing. One of the most amazing things I remember seeing under the water was this beautiful coral reef that had been maintained over the, the centuries. It seemed like it, it, it had been preserved perfectly with all the beautiful colors of, of the rainbow and just how everything naturally grew there. It was just, it was something that you would see out of like a, like a storybook. And you couldn't think possibly that something like that could actually be existing in, 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 our, in our world. But then you come across it and it's like, am I dreaming? I mean, this thing spanned for like miles. It was amazing. It sounds almost like a living watercolor. Yeah, it, it's what it, it's what it like. It's like these pastel colors, and then there was the vibrant ones. Whenever you got close to like one of the vents, the thermal vents would like make things more vibrant, and it was just it was amazing. I mean, I could explore that thing for for hours, and uh, like I said, I had no idea that it was a, a thing. But where we happened to be stationed, it just happened to be a couple of miles off uh, off in the, the the ocean there, and it was it was truly something awesome to behold. That that the wonder of a world in a sense. Well, that sounds like it. The next question up is, it's a series of questions. Uh -oh. uh, they feel like they might be a little personal. Don't be afraid to, you know, really express. Don't be afraid of hurting feelings or anything. Um, uh, uh, okay. 
Rab from the other place wants to know, oh, Roberto. what's one song that Rab plays that he should always play? Always. And what's one song that he should never play? And Ooh. is there a song that he should play that he hasn't played that you would like to hear him play? Oh, Rab, 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 Rab. You have to put me on the spot. <laughs> you know, when, 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 when we have our, our fish head stew later, I, I'm going to have words with you about this. Um, all right, so. One song that I enjoy that he plays is Sunbonnet. Um, I know that that one is a little quirky, but I really do enjoy Sunbonnet. You know, as somebody who has had the privilege of listening in on a Sunbonnet uh, rendition, it is quite the thing to behold. Truly art. I agree. I agree. It, it has all the layers of, of, of humor and all the things that we can pull into a song and, and keep it upbeat and, and energize people and give them the spirit and give them something you know warm to think about. But but it, it also has a darkness to it with the, the pushing of daisies that really it's reminds you, you know. true. I mean, I, it's really a song about life, if you think about it. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of along the lines of the ashes, ashes, we all fall down type thing. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. The nursery rhyme. Yeah. The, the, the darkness, the, the, the darkness. Below the bottom of the, of the happiness of the play. Yeah. But again, that's part of the world of Finrain that we live in is, is very potently there. And everyone's well adjusted enough to accept that and to work with it because that's part of life. You know, you can't have daisies without ashes. Things can't grow without something plowing the field beforehand. So as a song that I don't ever want to hear again, Roberto, you know what this is. I don't want your lullabies. I don't want you singing me to sleep. I don't like them. It's very awkward, especially when I'm trying to sleep and you're playing a harmonica. It's not something that you want to hear going to sleep. I've told you this time and time again. Now it's on the air and everyone hears it. Let's not do that ever again. So no more lullabies. Cut it off. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I, I'm a man. I'm not a child. I don't need a lullaby to go to sleep. It's not going to help out the deep. He wants to face off every time you sing them. Let's not do it. As far as the song that he has not sung yet, I would actually like to hear him sing some of the shanties that my people sing. I think that an acoustical contramar to the, to the thing would be something to behold i think that would be something different because i mean we always like sharing our cultures with each other i think a fusion of kanara and uh, sikith cultures could be really refreshing add add a little bit of music overtones to the rhythmic shanty mm-hmm. uh, and then we could have saluna she could be playing the drums and providing the beat and then there you go she's in, in part of it and of course we probably have to play pretty fast because well she plays fast and talks fast but i think it would work out well all right, right on. Finally, one more viewer question. Mark from Discord would like to know, when you can go in the ocean again, what is the first thing that you'll do? Wow, that's, um, other than swim. Oh, I know what I'll do. There's something that we have down in the, uh, in, in the ocean there. It's called a Seeketh Harmony. It is a, um, it's a small hollow metal oval shape that's fashioned with several holes and slits with them and it has a as a rod kind of poking through it in the center to kind of give it like a gyroscope effect kind of deal and we often put these in currents to hear the song of the current i have not heard the song of a current in ages i would like to put one of those in a deep current and just kind of coax it along and just sit and listen to it and just feel it because it it resonates at a certain frequency that just just makes you feel alive and all tingly. It's almost like a you humans would call it uh, ASMR. Mm, yeah, sure. It just kind of tickles tickles the brain in certain ways, and it's it's just really it's really soothing, and it's something that I sorely miss. 
So that's a, that would be the first thing that I do if given the chance. Obviously, you know, to go see family. But first thing that I would do that would be. Wow, that's excellent. Well, Takoa, thank you so much for your time. I I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to. I appreciate it, Dustin. Thank you so much. I I really would like to come back sometime. Maybe tell you how it all ended. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the viewers for listening and watching and hope that um, we can all tell good tales in the future. Thank you for listening to my interview with Takoa. He's a character from the mind of Chris using the Genesis system by Fantasy Flight Games. Chris doesn't have any personal projects to promote, but he would like to give a shout out to the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. The fund was formed to collect and distribute financial assistance to members of the public who are part of the gaming community and who have suffered personal hardship. If that sounds like something that you'd like to check out or even contribute to, I'd encourage you to do so. You can find a link to the fund's homepage in the podcast description. If you enjoyed the character of Takoa and want to hear more from him, good news! He's one of the characters in Season 2 of the podcast The Other Place. I've been really enjoying it, and I highly recommend checking it out for yourself. Thank you to Josiah Piles for the cover art and to Kylan Small for the intro and outro music of the podcast. Please check out the links in the podcast description for more of their content. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you'd like to connect with me or other like-minded adventurers, join the Fantasy Talk Show Discord, where I run a monthly game that I'd love to see you at. You can join by clicking the link in the description. Also, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash fantasytalkshow or my Twitter page at twitter.com slash fantasypodshow. Talk to you soon. Hello, and welcome to The Other Place. The land of Fenrain has been on the brink of doom for years. Necromancers and the dead are rising on the edges of society, threatening life and peace across the land. Deep in the shadows, others try to unearth secret knowledge and unspeakable power. In Season 2, we follow Roberto, Talana, and Teco as they journey from Gilder, fighting the dead on a mission to stop a powerful evil. So he's just lunging at the first one there. He pulls out the weapon, gets it in both hands, rushes at the first thing, and then kind of leap jumps, stabs it. That way it can't get a chance to dodge out of the way. And he goes, freeze frame! And like ice crystals just form over the undead creature and Takoa like twist his trident in it and it just shatters. So I come charging in. I have this great axe. So I use both my hands and I take it over my head and I chop it down screaming, die thing. Technically it's already undead. <laughs> and as it smashes into his uh, blade, it's going to bounce off and make sparks on the ground. Whoa. He puffs up his big rabbit cheeks and blows through his teeth and he gets his loot and brings it down to the, the chair right up to it and he starts playing and he starts going back into his mind. He wants to go into the other side. He wants to go where his ancestors are. The notes from the loot echo back and Tekoa hears them taking on a different sort of resonance. Little crystals of ice and frost begin to form around Roberto's feet. When Roberto opens his eyes, the river stretches out on all sides. Wow, never seems to not amaze me every time I come here. Join us for the newest season of The Other Place, wherever you get your podcasts.